This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. What up? Hey guys. So this is a personal milestone for me. Not necessarily a big milestone for the Bravo podcast community as a whole because everybody's done it. But I got Ryan Bailey on the pod. So if you're new here, you don't really know the deal. But if you're one of my OGs, Oh my God, if you're one of my OGs, what's up? Hey. Um, But if you are here from the beginning, you know that this podcast started as really just therapy for me. I had such low self-esteem coming out of the pandemic. Well, we're still in the pandemic. In the pandemic, my self-esteem going into the pandemic was low. And then it was in the negative black hole bottomless pit of hell quick tangent speaking of self-esteem um i recently went through a hair journey a hair color journey i love being very 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 blonde like i i love i love bleaching it i love you know just destroying it um and then i love to use like heating products and all the things that you do to make your hair hate you um and a couple months ago Actually, I don't remember. Weeks ago, I have no sense of time. The company Amorphe, they work with a lot of um, Bravo Lebs. They sent me a package. It was this really, it was so cool. They just reached out to me out of nowhere and they were like, hey, we want to send you some hair product. And I was like, okay, what? And uh, I've been using the conditioner. Oh my God. It is like genuinely the best conditioner I've ever used. Okay. They're not paying, they're not paying me to say this. I sw- like if they were, I would tell you, but it's, I have, so I have a lot of like fine hair. So like for an hour or two after a blowout, my hair is like, Oh my God, you have such thick hair. But as soon as the oils start to get in there, it like dies down. But, uh, but yeah, my, my hair is super dry and like, destroyed from all all the stuff I've done to it. So I've been using I've been using the conditioner even on my root, which if you don't know, you probably shouldn't do that if you have like fine hair because it just weighs your hair down, but I wanted to get like all of the flyaways and like all the damaged hair and it doesn't weigh my hair down. My hair is silky, my hair feels luscious. I mean, it could use a trim, but that's because it could use a trim. But I mean, I cannot say enough about their conditioner. The only reason I'm not raving about the shampoo is because I have like scalp issues. I know it's really sexy, but I have scalp issues. Okay. That's my truth. Um, so I can only use the shampoo like once every two weeks because I have to use like a prescription. I know really sexy. I know. But the conditioner, you guys. They also sent me this cute little head wrap. Looks like 
waffle towel head wrap that's that's very good it's it's light yeah i love that product so go check them out on instagram if you're interested they have like tiffany moon they have a bunch of bravo celebrities that they actually that they use but love them anyway back to my point my therapist at the time was like you just need to do it because you won't stop talking about how you want to do it um and then i started doing the podcast and stopped because i hated the sound of my own voice and I hated everything I had to say. And so I kept doing the pod because it was literally a good practice in self-love and I don't know, growing my confidence. And I, I, it truly is helping. Like I am getting more and more confident. And so reaching out to Ryan Bailey, I reached out to him like months ago I, I, I slid into his DMs. I didn't know that he notoriously hates checking his DMs. So he responded to my DMs saying, yeah, totally. I'll do it. And then never replied back when I was like, cool. How's next week? Like never replied back. And so then it took me weeks just to ask someone else in the podcast community that I'm tight with to be like, so is there like another way for me to contact Ryan? And I talked to Donnie over at Know That Pod and he gave me complete direction. He's like, yeah, you can text him. And he gave me his number because he's like, I guess he was on a live and said, hey, literally don't ever DM me. Here's my number. And I was like, whoa, that sounds super scary. Then I went on Ryan's uh, Instagram and he literally has a contact button and it has his email. And so then I waited like three weeks and was like, power, Emily, power, you can do it. You can email him. And I emailed him and then he got back to me and then I said, okay, cool. How's next week? And then he never replied. And then I waited another week or so. I was like, so maybe just circling back. Could we possibly? And then he was like, yeah, totally. So I, I'm not good at ever asking for something that I'm not good at taking up space in life anymore. Maybe I was at one point in my life. It's a I'm working on it. I'm getting there, though. Like I've said before, I'm coming out of my flop era. All right. I I preach confidence in others. I got none for my not none. We're not we're not at zero anymore. We're at like 5%. That is better than the negative 1000 we were at before. So as much as this isn't a huge accomplishment in the grand scheme of things, it's a huge accomplishment for me as Emily. Okay. So on that note, welcome to She Speaks Bravo. I'm Emily and enjoy this little chat with Ryan Bailey. Congratulations on 50K <laughs> on yes. IG. Oh my God. Yes. I it's, I was talking about that on the my show this morning. Was it just so... Uh, these things shouldn't mean th- some, anything, but they do to me, you know, like it's like, yeah, no, it's, it's an accomplishment. It's, it never was a, it never was a goal. So the fact that it actually happened and it happened over COVID, you know, like I I started this during COVID or, or right before. And it just wild that, you know, so much of this is tied into that time where I, you know, you're just alone in your room or you're watching these show, you know, and it's, it's very insular and that proved to be like the perfect app to take out any kind of frustration or anything. You know, it was just like really such a great outlet 
but I know it's a really dangerous. I know social media is not great as well. Like I get, I get that it's bad for you, but it's, it's been really good for me personally. You know, you started, you're only in COVID. Why does it feel like you've been doing it for like 10 years? I think it's just because I look old. We know, you know, maybe two years and three months. I mean, it's been, it's bit, I mean, it was really right around that time. I remember, um, and started really just started really small and it started in conjunction with the podcast, um, as like a companion piece. And I didn't know what I, what I was doing on there at first, but I didn't even know that community existed. Like, Oh, neither did I. Yeah. In the last five years, I think it's the last five years is when I, I didn't know there were Facebook groups talking about reality shows. I didn't know. I just knew I always watched these shows. Like I always watched the, I was day one real housewives of orange County. Like I remember watching it that night saying, this is something I'm going to like. I know it. And I did, but it, I never talked about, like, I didn't know there were, which is such an idiotic thing. Cause I knew there were like, like, uh, you know, this is comic con and all of this stuff. I just didn't know. I used Facebook for like stupid jokes, you know, and, and, and pictures yeah. of my family. But um, I, yeah, then I was introduced to Facebook groups and it was like all over and I was going through, that was like the beginning of my separation into my divorce. And that really, for me, that was one of the, that was the best thing for me at that time was being able to talk to a community of people, being able to make my stupid jokes and being able to have a conversation of like, Oh my God, you, you like the same thing that I like, like you, yeah, you know, that was mind blowing to me that people, you know, had the same passionate uh, thoughts about Aviva throwing her leg in real housewives of New York that I did. Cause I remember where I was when I saw Aviva throw her leg in real housewives of New York. I was in my living room where I was most of the time for any of these memories, but you know, you remember those nights and I was like, this is special. This is something really special. And then you, you know, it's so validating to know that other people think the same way you do. Yeah. It seemed like really useless information I had for so long. And then it turns out other people valued my memory of these things. Cause I, I can't remember things that I did yesterday, but I know exactly, like you said, where I was when really important Bravo moments happened. I didn't have the, I wasn't blessed with fellow Bravo, Bravo lover lovers for like, a decade. No one else seemed to like Bravo. Yeah. And I would, I would talk about this. Someone would be like, what'd you do this weekend? I'm like, caught up on Roni. And they'd be like, what? I'm like, never mind. <laughs> and so I just didn't know that anyone else cared. But to find out that there's a whole community of people that cared, I'm like, let's do this. But I mean, isn't that the case though with what I'm finding out as I get older? It's like, that really is all the things that you don't know why you like, that you don't understand why you're attracted to them, whether it be shows or people or whatever event. And now I'm like, okay, maybe I was meant to do a podcast and make silly memes. Maybe this, it finally is coming into a clear view of <laughs> what, but I mean, because even like, you know, I started off as an actor and, and I still act and stuff, but I, you know, all of that training I did and that, and I'm like, where, you know, and you're like, oh, I can use that here. I can use, I can create my own content and use like kind of similar skills that I would as a actor in a different way. And I was like, wow, that's wild. So like, it's almost leading, you know, you start to think of like, wow, it's like Tetris where like this block is going to fit into this block. And like, cause my, my eventual plan is to do live shows. And I'm like, that's per like, I already know what I want to do. That's perfect. Like I, I grew, like I did theater. I did, I, I, you know, improv sketch, all that stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, that's, that would be amazing if I could get an audience to come out and see a live show. Then it's like, then it all fits. It all works, you know? 
that's what connected me to you, actually, when I found out you would you are an actor because I pursued acting also. And so whenever you talk, you live in Los Angeles. Yes, I'm actually I'm in Florida right now taking care of my grandmother for the week. Um, But yes, I I, in my early 20s, I pursued acting. I was when I say I pursued acting. I should point out that I was never union. So here, let me actually ask you some questions yeah. about yeah. the only things actors would know. Yeah. What is your worst audition experience? Oh, that's easy. I was, um, uh, <laughs> it's so funny. I got my first agent and it was like a big deal agent. Cause I got a manager and an agent and this was 20 years ago or something. And I think, I mean, this was in a movie called black Hawk down. Uh, it was, wow. this was a really big movie. And yeah. I would come up on summers from uh, Arizona State University and high, like I would because I knew uh, somebody that worked in extras casting and they would be like, come out and work and intern on the summer and you can get your SAG card that way. You can get all this stuff. So, anyways, oh, man, you were a hustler. Well, not a hustler. Like, it just kind of felt like I'm very lazy, but it was it was one of those things <laughs> of like how cool. I mean, listen, I came from Olathe, Kansas, and it was a dream of mine to be in Hollywood. Like I, I used to devour pop culture and this is before, you know, computer, I mean, computers were there, but it wasn't, you know, the internet wasn't yet. Right. And so I would just consume anything Hollywood related. And the fact that I, you know, the fact that this place existed and I actually then moved from, you know, Kansas to Arizona with my family in high school, then went to college at ASU and then knew LA was, you know, six hours away. And the fact that I could come out and be a part of this thing that I grew up to, I mean, that I could see the Hollywood sign every day, or I could drive down Sunset Boulevard every day. And, and that still to this day has never changed of like, look, look how far I've come just distance wise. But uh, yeah, the worst audition was Black Hawk Down and <laughs> they, they used to, you know, this I had a good agent and a good manager the last time I had uh, either of those. And I got this. You used to have to pick up the script like you'd have to pick up the sides or your audition material. And I had to go to my agent's office and pick up the material to read because, you know, they weren't emailing full scripts back then. Now it's so much, so much easier for actors. Um, but I remember doing that. I read the the material and it was like a really intense scene. And I was really I was like, wow, this is going to be, this is huge. Like, cause I also am very aware of, and it was one of my bad things as an actor is that I knew everybody. Like I was so like, I knew who Jerry Bruckheimer was. I knew who Michael Bay was. I knew, like, I knew all these people going in. So I would already set myself up for failure. Cause I would be so nervous going in. Yeah, I mean, that's I, a huge audition. Yeah. I love, I love movies and I love TV. So, you know, most people are oblivious that are actors are just like, Hey, I'm going in to do the work, you know? And, and me, yeah. I was like, look at me, I could be a part of this big, Oh my God. And it just really messed me up. But I, I got into the, uh, the audition area, the waiting area in Santa Monica at uh, Jerry Bruckheimer's uh, offices. And I was just like, look at me, look, I'm here. And then I noticed everybody in the waiting room with mm-hmm. me. And I should, this is really funny. I have my sides and I'm like, you know, trying not to shake. And Jason Siegel, the actor Jason Siegel, is next to me, and he looks down and he goes, "Those are the wrong sides." You, no! you, they, he goes, "We got." Uh, he goes, <laughs> "He goes, uh, there's updated sides." And I go, "What?" And I go, oh, "Ha!" Like and I know, and I you know, and I knew Jason Siegel. I was like, "Whoa, Jason Siegel, freaks and geeks," and all that. I was like, "Whoa!" Uh, so I was like, "Oh, okay." And 
I cut, I came from a theater background up until that point. So me too. Theater, the, 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 the thing you do in theater is like the show must go on is that you, you don't, you don't let them see, you know, you don't, you got to keep going. Like if you forget your line, you keep going, you stay in character. So right at that moment when Jason said that to me and I realized that I didn't get the updated material, they called my name. They're like Ryan Bailey. And I was like, Oh, and then I, right before I was like, Hey, to the, I go, Hey, I've got the wrong sides. Could you give me the, can you give me the new sides? Can please like, I got the, I got the wrong sides. And uh, she was like, yeah. And then I took it and just went in and I thought, okay, I'll just read this on the fly. And it's like Jerry Bruckheim, all these people. Oh my God. And I'm there and and I'm sitting in a chair and I realized the sides are really different. Like they're really different. In fact, the sides are now that I get blown up by a, a grenade. So all of a sudden I'm reading this as it happening. And all of a sudden it's like character blows up. So I go, I throw myself off the chair. No, like, no. Cause I don't know how to, and literally you can hear one of the guys go like, like, can't like to like, like he's trying not to laugh, you know? I'm dead. And I'm it was dead. so, and it was one of those things that I was like, I remember leaving going like, Oh no, that tape's going to get passed around. Like, that's going to, cause I used to get auditions passed like bad. Audi- I was like, that tape's going to get passed around. That's really, and I remember afterwards, and this is an important lesson in life in general is that, you know, my manager screaming at me, I was oh. like, you don't go in then. You do not go in. If you do not have the right sides, you say, I need time. I need time or we reschedule the audition. You do not do that. You, and it really was this kind of let, like, and yeah. I, I feel like still to this day, I have to work against apologizing for myself all the time. And not taking up space in life. But uh, I, yeah, like I, I just thought I had to do this. I thought I would have too. I would have gone, I would have done the exact same thing. But the thing is, you know, if you look at, you know, is like if you're trying to do good work, you know, there's a difference between lazy and like, I just want to get it right. You know, and like take the time to say, I believe in myself and I believe in my artistic sensibility towards material. So why like this is a this is a mistake, not my mistake. Somebody gave me the wrong sides. I'm going to need to take, you know, like I could have easily said, hey, could you have somebody go next? Uh, I'm going to I have to read. Totally. In hindsight. Absolutely. But but in my head, it was like, this is my opportunity. The show goes on. And I thought I was being brave and Uh it just made me look (laughs) stupid, you know. Do you have a favorite role or job that you had? You know, no, it was always like I would have small parts in really good shows. And that's yeah. like the office was yeah, really special I saw that. for me. That was fun. I was on Arrested Development on the Netflix part of it. And I was such a huge Arrested Development fan. Me too. Like, How did those you are like the, the reboot? I didn't like it. I mean, I, do I you know like why you didn't like first, it? Yeah. Uh, Here's my almost, take on why yeah, I like them as an ensemble. I like them together when they're bouncing off each other. So when they had them yeah. all separated, I was like, no, no, no. I like when Job and Michael and Buster, like their timing as a group, they're almost like a theater troupe. When they did that, because everybody had been so famous from the show at that point that they couldn't all book. They, literally like, couldn't they tried to like them. separate it. And it was like, you're right. Like there is a thing. And that's why. You know, even bringing that back to Housewives shows, you know, it's like, you know, these shows yes. work better as a, a group, you know, like I'm, I'm of the thing of like when the group is together, 
that is when a lot of the magic happens. When you separate into their actual stories, it can be inspiring or whatever, but I, you know, you always want them to come together. That's why cast trips on housewife shows are huge. Worst Good. job as an actor. Mm. I'll go well, first. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Verizon wireless training video. <laughs> it was at a Verizon wireless store. It was an overnight shoot. I got $350 for it. <laughs> and they used me for 15 seconds, but I was there for 11 hours. Yeah. Your turn. Um, I mean, I've got so many of them, but I mean, they were, because I, I would always get a kick out of it, but it would always be like, uh, I'm trying to think, I was in a pilot for CBS. Uh, it was like the people behind How I Met Your Mother, and the pilot didn't go, but I was like, the waiter at this restaurant that they would keep visiting. And, and if it went, I was going to be like Gunther, like from friends. Oh, that would like they so would keep. Good. And so in the pilot, I have a couple lines and I'm trying to remember the actors in there, but I just remember for some reason that day it was really hot and I was profusely sweating. Like I could like, it was the kind of sweating where I was like, why am I sw-? like, this is so oh. like, it, and then it was just like the thought of me sweating made me sweat more. And I remember like they even like, and it's like when you start, when you start panicking the makeup people where they're like, I don't know why, I don't know why he's sweating this. I don't know. Like they're having conversations about your sweat. And in you front can of hear you. them talking. You're, full, you're part of the conversation. You're like, I don't know. I don't know. My body's crazy. I, I don't. And they're like putting ice cubes on my uh, wrists. Like, cause at uh, the pressure points, you're like, sweating is a down. situation. Like, it's not working, Bonnie. It's not working. And, and like, and that's just making it. And I'm like, wow, where did all this water come from? And it's like, I, it's so weird how my body responds to things sometimes. And I remember that going, damn it, damn it. Like I am soaked right now. There's like a movie called Broadcast News with William Hurt and, and Albert Brooks and Holly Hunter and Albert Brooks. I know them. Shot. I know what you're talking about. He gets a shot to like host the news program that he's wanted to his whole life. And he gets up there and he can't stop sweating. And like in between breaks, people are like, you know, it's just like a flood. And it's like, that was exactly what it was. And you know, it's always so funny that like the shit that <laughs> we get to, I get to audition for or whatever. There's only so many meaty things that I've really gotten to audition for or do because the opportunities are so few and far between because there's a lot of me out in Hollywood. But it's just funny, all the shit that goes into your little part, you know, like I'll always remember sweating profusely more than I couldn't tell you what my lines were at that point. Right? At this point, I can't even like I know the actors are like kind of decently known and I can't even remember their names <laughs> at this point. Like those. But I will always remember the embarrassment <laughs> of just sweating and people talking about me sweating, you know? Oh, God, that is hilarious. Like the wardrobe department is concerned. Oh, yeah, because I mean, also like you're wearing a shirt and then, yes. it, you, you know, and that's when you look down, you start to see that one. You're like, oh, my God, you can see this through the button up. Like, you and, then, can see and then like the-, the director's like, yeah, we are picking that up on the camera. So we are going to need. Oh, that's, <laughs> oh, that's the worst. I mean, that's the worst. Oh, the other wait, wait, the other. This is actually now. So right before COVID, in fact, the first week COVID like kind of hit, I was in Chicago doing an episode of Chicago Med uh, on NBC. And my part was a guy that had uh, used his friend's insurance card to treat something. And his friend's insurance said he was like not allergic to something. So they gave me this medicine. And so like I, the first scene is just me coming in, like, you know, with my friend's insurance card, like everything's good. And the second scene I've come in and my legs have completely like 
blown up. There's pus, there's everything. And, and they, I had to go get prosthetic uh, leg casts in LA before I flew to Chicago. Like, and they took these casts of my legs and that was another, it's just like the things leading up to the things that you actually get to do that are amazing or horrible. Like the cast of my legs, they had to do it on my legs and I had to stand up for it. And it's in a room where I'm, you know, like they're having you stand naked pretty much, except for like a small thing covering your privates. And like these women are having to slather <laughs> like this molding oh, clay on my God. legs. That's like my and worst nightmare. I have such I, insecurities about my body. Oh, I have thick thighs. I talk about my thick thighs on the podcast all the time. I think, and you know, at one point they're like, okay, now you have to put your foot on this box and you're going to kind of balance the other leg off. And wouldn't you know, like, I have big leg, like it's fucking heavy. And like, I start sweating again. And like, and it was another one of those situations where they were like, holy shit, we got to keep this going. Like, cause it was like imperative that it like dried at a certain time to get these body cast. And I was like, even this, even this victory of me getting a guest starring role on Chicago med, there is trauma involved. Like there is to get to the point where I'm in the bed, being able to act with the other actors, you have to go through so much. I have sweating things. I have. So I, whenever, whenever and I don't even realize I'm nervous, but I'll go and I'll like interact with someone. And when I go to stand up, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't turn around. I can't like. So I'm like yeah. walking out. I'm like backing out. I'm like, OK, goodbye. Yeah. And they're and they I'm like, you go first, please, because if I turn around, I'm worried that there is a full sweat spot on my back. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it's it's really kind of I think uh you know, it's the sequel to my bedwetting as a kid, you know, like yeah, it was always totally, that was yes. like what I was first ashamed of. And I think then I learned to control my bladder and then it just moved to me sweating profusely in professional situations. Completely uncontrollable. You know? Yeah. Um, you've talked openly about like mental health issues. I have talked about this openly here on the pod. Listeners are aware for you. You put out like an episode a day, it seems. Um, do you ever get like, how do you handle it when you feel like you just don't have it in you do you ever just keep powering through or do you just take a break yeah i power through usually i mean i i take well that, i mean that's why my sleep schedule is so weird like i'll you know sometimes i won't finish it till like three in the morning or it's it's always like a amazing race to the end and the thing is it doesn't really you do your matter. own editing right yeah i do my own editing i do I, like it, at the end of the day it doesn't you know, nobody needs this. Nobody needs yeah. this podcast. I need this podcast. If anybody wants to join in on the listening of the podcast, that's great. But it's this thing I gave myself and it's one of the, you know, like you don't, I don't feel it a lot. I don't like, I, I will go like, Oh man, like I, I can see the microphone there. And I'm like, Oh, I just want to watch TV and veg out. And, and, you know, in a way it's just kind of like working out like a different form of working out where it's like, okay, just do this. And, and usually yeah. like anything else, I'm really happy once I've done it, it's a yeah. sense of accomplishment. And that really is that kind of pleasure button you keep hitting of like, okay, I did this, I did this. And now, I mean, listen, a lot of podcasters or even shows that I admire, they get to do like one or two shows a week. And for me, it's like, wow, like I do, you know, but for me, the point of doing all those shows is I had, I realized I had so much to say, which was surprising to me. And there were so many good people to talk to. And then I was like, wow, this actually does help my mental health. And eventually, if I am able to go down to like, I can't see me ever really wanting to, but if I ever get to go down to like two shows a week, it's going to feel like it's going to be easy as hell. It's going to be like, man, I can do that in my sleep. Like I, I can, I could do that easy, you know? 
What made you, is it just your own desire to talk to that many people that makes you put out that many podcasts? At first it was, uh, well, because when it first started, it was once a week and then we moved to twice. During the pandemic, what happened was that I would do these, it was on Wednesdays, I would release one show, but the show would be six hours long. So you would have like three guests, you'd have all these bits. And I still had a full-time job at that point. And, but it was during pandemic. So it would just be alone in my room trying to like, and like my computer couldn't even process the audio because it was so much audio <laughs> at once. And my computer would break all the time. And it was just like this, but it was this weird thing of like, I grew up on radio shows or Howard Stern or whatever, who was doing four hour shows every day. And that was what I used. To, that's what I love listening to. Like, I just, you know, it was on in the background. Like, and I was like, well, why can't I be a podcast? that's on in the background. Why can't totally. I? And especially during COVID where people just need mindless entertainment or, you know, talk about what the hell is going on. And I would bring my parents on every episode and I would bring, so it would be this kind of variety show where there's musical elements. There was this, I would play sad songs. I like, it was like all over the map in terms of that. And then I realized when it started getting bigger, um, you know, somebody was like, yo, you should consider like, everybody was like, Oh, shorten the show, shorten the show. That's ridiculous. But I was really proud of the ridiculousness of it because <laughs> it, wa- it was so ridiculous. It would be like, this guy's crazy. Like what the <laughs> hell is this guy doing? Like, that's so You're like, weird. That's my brand. Well, kind of. And then, then it became with like, okay, well, maybe I, I don't like change, but like, maybe what if I did a daily show and then it, cause there's so many good podcasts out there and there's so many good podcasts yeah. that started way before me, you know, there's like a Mount Rushmore of like, you know, watch what crap ends, Danny, Kate, all of these really great, great podcasters uh, that has started years before I did. So in a way too, it's kind of like carving out my name a little bit of like, yo, I'm here too. I'm crazy. I'm going to out, not outwork, but I'm going to out release. I mean, you can't out release watch what crap ends or reality gaze or like that, but I'm going to do, this is a one man band in a lot of ways. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to rock it until the wheels fall off and let's see, let's see what we can do. And it's just so funny because I just don't do anything in moderation, unfortunately. Like (laughs) I'm always, uh, I'm quantity over quality at times, which is funny. But my thing is, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, there's going to be daily 45 minute podcasts. And that's just not how it worked out. Like now I do daily. It seems like two hours every day. And <laughs> even then I still feel like, fine, I miss so much. Like I, there's so much to talk about. There's so much to, sh- to share with people. It's it, 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 also, it's masturbatory in a way. Like I realized that it's, um, it's very self-indulgent. It's very, uh, but that's why I'm very, I'm not, I have no delusions of grandeur. Like I'm doing this for myself. Like it, it's really cool that people seem to be responding to it more now. Um, but other than that, I would just still be having all of these thoughts and all of these. <laughs> yeah, at least you, I would at want least to you focus this. them and put them somewhere. Well, because not only are you recording two hours a day, but then, or however long it is, but then you're editing. The editing yeah, is just the pits. I tell you, it is. But I will say, like. I edit like a bunch of, you know, different pieces and music and all that stuff. But I like to leave. I like to leave the interviews kind of untouched in certain Mm. ways, unless we talk about something that I don't like, because I'm different than other podcasters in that sense where they want, you know, they they'll take out the ums, they'll take out the pauses, they'll take out that. And for me, uh, I want to share in this experience with them of this 
of hey, you hear a dog barking? That's your dog. Cool. Okay. Like I want the raw. Like this. This is this is happening. You know, we're actually having a real conversation that you're a part of, and there's annoying things in life, and that's what it is. And hopefully, you can get past it. But this is this is the conversation that we had on this time. And I'm not trying to gussy it up. I'm not trying to to make it look better. I've put a lot of stupid things out that I've said and other people have said, knowing that I could have edited those those, those out and been. Because I'm not, I'm not like a gotcha podcaster. I'm not looking to be salacious in any yeah. kind of way. But uh, I leave a lot of that stuff in. So, you know, in fact, yeah, like in fact, I will leave myself voice notes during a recording. That <laughs> then I will leave those voice notes in of like Ryan, put this here. You know, like it's just I don't know for some reason. I I, I remember I interviewed Lindsay Hubbard from Summer House, and Queen. I left. It. I left in this whole minute and a half at the beginning before she even she went to the bathroom really quick and you could hear her like fussing around in the background. And I left that in. And I remember Lindsay even messaged me like, wow, you left that in. I was like, yeah, I was like, I kind of found it weirdly fascinating. It, it was like it's there's no point to it. But for me, it, I really I feel like it brings the audience in of like. There's like an anticipation. Like oh my they're God. experiencing Lin- it with you. Well, yeah. Like Lindsay's in her apartment right now. Okay. I know Lindsay's apartment. I know, you know, she's like looking for something. And I just remember thinking like, oh, I kind of like that actually. You know? Okay. Have you faced any like major backlash for opinions you've had? Yes. Um, I always say stupid stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, no, not stupid. I mean, you know, but. Well, Bravo, the Bravo community can be very tricky, very opinionated, very passionate. The thing that I would like to argue, though, and I think this is really ties into everything in pop culture right now, is that, you know, we have to be able to make mistakes. Like, there are so many opinions that I once had that because of this show and because of speaking to people and learning from other people, if you're willing to learn, that I'm like, oh, wow, I I used to think about that way differently. I thought, you know, for me... um, you know, the, uh, you know, we had such a turmoil over these last couple of years and it was really horrible, but I also learned so much from the black lives matter movement and from all of the, you know, to be able to really listen. And I was like, we could look at this negatively, but we could also look at this positively of like, wow, like I actually get to see how other people feel. Like I get to be out of sight of my bubble and it's like, it's, it's doesn't feel good sometimes, but in the end, I'm like so happy. And that all came from podcasting. But I even got into an argument with somebody, I think yesterday about, I talked about Madonna on my episode because I just really didn't, I don't understand what Madonna is doing in terms of like her look and in terms of, and I get really frustrated because Madonna is a legend. Like, I mean, she is somebody that's done stuff for pop culture that like she should be coasting on just a sea of awards at this point for lifetime achievement. And instead we're looking and making fun of her in her TikTok videos where they're, you know, her face that is heavily filled face, you know, definitely, you know, and, and, and in my opinion, like, I'm like, yo, Madonna is way smarter than I am. Like I, I am a, an idiot. I am an idiot that has passion. Like, but you know, I look to Madonna and people like that, I'm like you, you get art. Like, what is going on? It can't just be that you're falling into the same shit that 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 you know all all people do in terms of their vanity. Like, it can't just be that, right? Like, this has to be some sort of artistic. But I also postulated the thing, and I had a discussion, and I think this person took it wrong. But I was talking about the the the, the thing of like people like Kurt Cobain or Prince or Michael Jackson. I mean, maybe not Michael Jackson, but 
these people that died way early, like Kurt Cobain died at 27 and he left uh, behind pretty much like a, one of the best prolific, like, you know, from start to finish, just amazing music. Like he didn't, he died before he could make bad stuff. You know, he died before he was able to. And by the way, it's, it's much more of a gift to be alive. That's not what I'm saying. But when we look at the yeah. art itself, like Madonna has stayed alive. Now we're making fun of her on a, on TikTok. Like, yeah, literally if Madonna had died at, at a, at a certain year, it would be cemented in stone. We would be talking. We instead yeah. now people like me are making fun of certain they're like, come mm. on. Like, it is just weird how this culture works. And, and we perpetuate this time and time again. But Kurt Cobain is a genius. But just I would think if Kurt Cobain stayed alive, you would hear you would hear those clunker albums. You would hear those albums like because every artist does bad work. I mean, that, and that's what leads you to the best work of their careers after that. You know, like that's just how these things work. And if you study pop culture over decades, it gives you this roadmap to show how these careers work. That's why Will Smith, it's fascinating with Chris Rock, because here's a man who's pretty much done everything right by the book as an actor. Here's somebody that's really from where he started to where he was and, yeah. and to risk it all on a slap on a really weird moment. And yeah. then for us to then like just, oh, we got to cancel Will. He can't work again. Like, no, no. No, 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 no. It's an idiotic, stupid moment. Like, obviously, that dude needs help, but it's just funny. It's like these moments that happen. Like, I just find it shocking that we're talking about Madonna on TikTok rather than the insanely genius work she did in the the, mm. the 80s, the 90s, the early aughts. And it's just weird. It's like that she should be doing award show after award show. And instead it's going to Jennifer Lopez, which no offense to Jennifer Lopez, but yeah. to me, artistically, they're in very different categories. Yeah. And I don't want to see Madonna go out that way. Like I just don't. Sorry. I just, went off on a rant there. That's what, that's why you're here, Ryan. That is why you're here. Yeah. Um, just over the years now, you've kind of grown to be friends with some of these celebs. Does getting does becoming friends with them get in the way of being objective when you recap the shows? Yeah, yeah. kind of talk about yeah, that a like, little well, bit. I also, it's not really friends. I mean, the only ones I would consider actual friends, I think, are probably Sandoval and Ariana. I was going to say Sandoval and Ariana. But yeah, I genuinely like them. Like, I feel well, like, yeah, but they're also, the ones to but pick. Also, I got to tell you. But also, Sandoval, I can see where you know he'll do stuff on the show. And I'm like, oh man, like, and I can actually see, I can see why he's doing that, knowing him a little better, but. I'll, I'll sometimes be like, damn it. You know, why did he, why did he say this? Or why did he react this strongly? But if you know that dude, you're like, he really is like, I'm giving it my all. And, and yeah. if somebody then questions it, like, you know, but these people are fallible just like us, you know? Um, but yeah, it does affect things. And it does because I, I don't want to be friends with any of them. I'm not one of those people. Like <laughs> I will shy. No, like I will shy away from Vanderpump events. Now I will shy away from, I don't, I'm not looking I, I I know how I viewed it when I see it from people of like hangers ons and stuff like that. And it's exciting, but at a certain point it doesn't get exciting anymore. Like I'm, I think I'm past the point. Like my roommate keeps wanting to go to see you next Tuesday with DJ James Kennedy. And I just, I've done that before a couple, I've done that years ago and I've done it a couple of times and I'm like, uh, you know, like I always want to have that like kind of feeling of like it being magic and all of that stuff. But if I put myself directly in that path, you know, unless I can find a silly bit to do around it, I I, th I see there's no need for it. But even on, I get really 
not bothered. I get really nervous when like Bravo Lebs follow me on Instagram or something. Because yeah, me too. In my head, it's just, well, you know, I, in my head, I'm already thinking about the day they unfollow me. So yep. already I'm thinking about like, okay, I'm going to make fun of something. They're going to not like, and I'll always check because I hit Summer House a lot since it's on. And a lot of them follow me. And I, I always check to see if they still follow me after like silly posts and stuff. And that's just, it's not a fun place to come out. Like, I don't want to be edited in my own thoughts. I want to be completely honest. Even if I'm wrong, I want to be honest. And also I, I, you know, I do have strong opinions about these shows. Like we all do, you know, that's what yeah. I think is great about this is that it really is pro wrestling in a lot of ways is that everybody has their favorites. Everybody sees a side and I see a very clear side, but it's not the only side, even though I tell my audience that it is, you know? Yeah, totally. There was a point last year where, um, Melissa Gorga started following me and it was my first Bravo celebrity that started following me. And I think, I think I must've posted something about Teresa and she must've like misinterpreted me as being like against Teresa and pro Melissa and I'm not pro <laughs> Melissa. So when she started following me, I was like, I don't know how long this is going to last. And yeah. very recently I checked to see if she was still following me because I've, I've dragged her pretty hard. I made a post that said, here's a list of all the contributions Melissa has brought us this season. And it was like, she did a pretty good job mediating the conversation with Gia and Joe. And then the next three slides were this page is intentionally left blank. And I was like, I wonder if she's still following me. And she's not. Yeah. She unfollowed yeah, yeah. me. Well, um, that's, and, yeah. and by the way, I do as a person, I are like, yeah, why would like, it, I don't why, know. Why, why would I it's like, it, but like, why would I keep following somebody that makes yeah. fun of me? Like, honestly, that's un, like I I battle with that all the time. Like, I I uh, I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. Like, if I see somebody's unfollowing me, I'm like, I get it. Like, it it stings a second, but then I realize, like, idiot. Of course, if they're a normal person, they would unfollow you. Who the who the hell is like signing up to be like made fun of, and they have to see that in their own feed? You know who no. I respect a lot for still following me is Lindsay Hubbard, because I'm pretty fair with Lindsay. Like, I'll be like, girl girl you need to get it together and she still will like like the post and follows lindsay, me and she'll be like yeah okay lindsay, fair lindsay has a good sense of self and one of the things that i love about the current summer house iteration is they all know to play the game they all know to like every post they know to like you know like they really do appreciate the fans like i do see that with yeah. they, they realize even you can see that on the show these are two different age range groups now and you know, you see people making up because of the show. Like, okay, we yeah. have to film. Like, they keep keep it moving instead yeah. of where it gets on Vanderpump Rules, where Jax hates everybody. You know, and like, oh fuck, Sandoval, that was his demise. This, you know? That's what I'm saying. So, like, they do realize, like, they're a. I don't know. I feel like they're a good group of people that that really don't want to blow this opportunity. You said it perfect too about Danielle. Danielle is like Lindsay's like manager. She, yeah, it's like yeah, Lindsay's yeah. like the talent. She's like she's good for she she's good TV. You know, just kind of try and be her friend, Sierra, because it's good for you. And Danielle's the had run. the Danielle's had the Danielle's had a great come up where I, I love used Danielle. to like be like, oh, come on. The first yeah. couple of seasons. Yeah. And now I love her, but she really is in that spot of I think she realizes who she is. You know, I think she really like you can really sense that. And I love that she treats Lindsay like the artist. Like I'm the manager, yes. you're the artist. And I believe in my client. I believe <laughs> in her, you know, she might not already make the right decisions, but she's magic. Like, and I do believe <laughs> Lindsay is kind of magical in a way. Like she'll pop she's off, great TV. you know, so it's, it's really, uh, I said, yeah, no, I, I like Danielle a lot. I like that whole cast for the, uh, Sierra, not so much, but yeah. 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 I yeah, just yeah, don't, yeah. Besides beauty. I just don't know what the journey is there, but what I do allow room for is that, 
dude, I'm not a 25 year old woman. Like maybe she, maybe for that age range, Sierra is doing something for that age range that's watching that that is that is good for that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe that totally character is not meant for my. Me, yeah, which, we're not the demographic. The way, I'm a straight dude. Like, there's no reason half of these people should be for me. Like, but right? I'm just coming at it from my point of view. So, you know, she might like I know Hannah Burner when she was on Summer House. I, I thought she had such a flame out last season. I just was horrified it at her was. behavior. But um, that reunion was so glorious. Like it's it was rare glorious, that but you she get sealed a reunion. Her she sealed exactly. her face. There was it's no like, way she would come they back. They all that. just were like, they all got to go at Hannah. I was like, thank you, because it's rare you get to see just like everyone attack the villain. And I was like, yes. Yeah. Hannah, no, it was, go down. It was great. And I, you know what, by the way, it's it's that's how passionate the fan base are. Like, I remember being actually angry at Hannah or actually was, angry yeah. at Erica Jane or actually angry at Lisa, where I would be fuming. Oh. And that's what I see my friends do with sports. You know, they get few, they get yeah. mad. And that's how these shows are for me. It's that I get, I get mad. I'm like, this is, this is not fair. This is just not fair. I do believe though, in, in then taking a minute and breathing, like, <laughs> okay, remembering. I, I yeah. bet, I bet in a year or two, I bet Hannah will pop back up. I bet, you know, like I could see, I never question anything anymore. And yeah. remember people, the sh- these shows do need villains. These shows do need people that make these kind of weird moves. And if you're not going to cast an actual friend group that have been friends for years and years and years, then you do need people to come in and stir shit up. Totally. Your shameless hatred of Lisa Renna was absolutely therapeutic for me because I live in a home with my sister and she likes Lisa Renna. And yeah, you know what? Lisa has a lot of fans and it always it, it's it's always it's like asking who your favorite Beatle is or something. You're <laughs> like, what? Ringo? Like you're like, um, but Rinna is. Yeah, it's one of those polarized. But for me, if, if you know that I like things to be fair, then, of course, I'm going to rail against Lisa Rinna because this is somebody that preaches friendship and is one of the shittiest friends that has yeah. ever been like repeated behavior, repeated behavior. And so and like, we know that this and is going to count and glee. we know she's she takes, going to go after Erica this season. We've seen. Uh, I don't know if we know that. I don't think. Do I we not that's know? True. No, I don't think that's true. I think they're still very because they're commenting on things together. They're no, no. I think they turn then again on Kathy Hilton. Like, I think. Oh, that's those your two prediction. Team up. Yeah, uh, we'll see the the trailer supposed to come out uh, tomorrow, I believe, for Real Housewives of Beverly. So there was a post recently. Someone tagged Erica in something. It was a picture of of Erica, like a. Did you see this? The painting of Erica and and Lisa yeah, Rinna. Yeah. yeah. And was this just clickbait? I think a little Eric- bit. I think it's a little bit of quick click clickbait, a little bit of playing the game. Like remember, Lisa Rinna and Eric, yeah, Lisa and they Rinna think, love they think of that. themselves as media manipulators. We know how to do this so well, and it's hysterical because Lisa. I mean, Lisa should be thinking her lucky stars. She has found the second career, the second life. You know, oh my this is god, really huge for her. But she really thinks she can she play the game. It. She's like, and I find it. It's like cute. It's funny, but like she really takes herself very seriously and. I just think it's so funny to make fun of her because there's a lot of people like she's untouched a lot of the times. Like a lot of people do not know how to come at Lisa Rinna. She's like a cockroach. She can survive a nuclear oh, blast. Sure. Like, and by the way, I always, you know, I always try to make the clarification too. I was like, I don't want Lisa Rinna to go anywhere. I want her on the show. Like I, no, no, I stay, please. I will find it funny eventually when they do let her go though. I will find humor in it because I know she depends on this. Yeah. But other than that, like I, I want her there, man. I need her there. This is the pro wrestling part of it. This is the sport you need. 
I need to get emotionally invested. I need, that's why Beverly Hills was so magical this past season and other seasons have faltered because I was in it. I was like, damn, yes. Like it was, I ever, I was looking forward to it. I oh was yeah. Then just breaking it down and like, oh my gosh, can you, like, it was really, uh, a really an art, like a really amazing. It was an amazing season. season. I always say to on my podcast, like, this is a great example. You know, these, these shows used to be aspirational where ladies would watch and go, Oh my God, I wish, I wish, I wish I could have the money, the clothes, the houses. And you just see everybody that it's all false. It's all, it's all, it's all, it's just like, you know, on Instagram, it's all bullshit. You know, it's like, if you can take value from it, great. But remember your own lives are very much more aspirational than some of these ladies. Do they look, do they get to dress better than you? Yeah, probably. Do they get to live better? Yeah, sure. But also you might not ever have the risk of going to jail in your life. And that's pretty cool too. You know, <laughs> like that's a really great thing to have to not worry about. But uh, this is also what happens. I believe when you let, when you marry for something other than, uh, Love, you know, when like she, you know, I think there was a definite agreement, even you know, is that she that Tom was going to take care of her. Tom was going to take care of her, and when you do things like that, I like I'm not judging that, but I do think then you know you are opening yourself up for other things to happen throughout that. If money is your end goal, then you will have to suffer the slings and arrows of what that comes with. And if that is ill gotten gains, if that is, you know, then you are going to have to suffer those consequences because you made a decision somewhere along the, the line that I don't want to struggle anymore, which I can totally see why. Like yeah. I can totally see error. I mean, hell man, like it's so nice to be taken care of. Are you kidding me? Like it's so yeah. nice. That, that's so amazing. Like really, truly. But then, you know, there are other, you know, what's amazing than actually being with somebody that you actually like, that's pretty cool too. You know, not being ashamed of who you're with, not being told to shut up at a dinner in front of his friends because he owns you. Like, there's a lot of things like, you know, this is somebody that projects his strength to women and all of this stuff. And you just realize like how it's just not none of it's true. It's all false. It's like just as fake as the character Erica Jane is, you know. So your prediction is that Erica and Lisa are going to tag team against Kathy. I think they will end up going against Kathy later in the season. And that will lead up to the Aspen trip, which that's where everything goes down. That's where everything. Yeah. We'll get Lisa Reno. Her storyline will be the makeup, uh, a little bit of the makeup and a little bit of the fallout from the other season. Cause remember they took us just a very short break. Um, Erica, I believe we're going to get a little bit of a redemption season where she's going to uh, try to bring, like, I'm going to, Try to get like I remember seeing photos of her working out with Garcelle yes. early in shoot, and I go, oh, I bet dollars to donuts they're going to do like time to get time to get in shape. I'm Erica mm-hmm. Jane, and I'm time I'm gonna get in shape for my big comeback, and she's gonna do a comeback thing where. I would imagine it would lead up to a live performance, but I don't think it happens this season. Mm-hmm. But I I bet we're gonna see Erica dabble in the dating pool, uh, working out getting back in shape yep uh and the ridiculousness of the paparazzi hounding her we'll get all of that shit you know and the vitriol towards me you know we'll get all of that this season from erica jane and then garcelle and erica will be getting in a huge fight at one point yeah i mean garcelle said some really amazing things on her talk show about this of like you know about returning the like yo that diamond was gotten by ill-gotten gains return it like, cause Eric was like, you know, I'll, I'll keep it in a truck, keep it safe, you know, like until we can figure it out. It's like, no, give it back. Like, what are we not understanding here? 
Like, listen, it sounds like, like you're dripping it. in diamonds all the time. You well, can part with the diamond. But see, that's what I get. Like, that's why, like, it's it's like I I get wanting to have shit. I get it. Like, I yeah, get how proud you, you are. Enough. You're proud of this, but also look at what happened because of this. Like, at yes. a certain point, you have to realize you've hurt so many people. Uh, and even if you didn't mean to, you did. And now it's time to make, you know, like Tom took care of you all of these years. Take care of Tom. Yes. Make him and his victims whole, you know, and that's the thing that cracks me up of like, you know, when Erica was railing at the end of the season, well, you know, Tom's family abandoned him. Oh. It's like, you're his family, you idiot. You're you his abandoned family. Him. You like, I like the fact that you are getting consoled. <laughs> How are you Lisa Rinna, this? Who is like, if Lisa Rinna is consoling you, you've done something wrong in the first place. <laughs> and like the fact that you're like, you know, how dare his family he put every he took care of everybody he took care of you you left him you left him supposedly where you dropped him off at work and then it's like all bullshit because you drop him off at work like that is still crazy remember i want to point you guys the ridiculousness (laughs) of what she said she said she drove tom to work from pasadena to his law offices and then she dropped him off came back and then moved everything that day let's (laughs) see just how ridiculous this was during covid they have drivers. <laughs> so you think Erica and, and she says to this point in the season, like we weren't talking at all. If you weren't talking at all, were you then offering rides to their work at eight he in said, the morning? Thanks, hon. Yeah. Like, oh, I, oh, it makes no sense. This did not happen. This did not happen. You know how to move. You got to get a moving truck. You got to <laughs> get you got to get people. And I I know there's cameras at their place. So Tom's not going like, well, that's weird. There's a big moving truck and all this shit's being moved out. Maybe I should get home. Like, it's like, this is a variation of the truth. This, you know, something happened, but it's not what Erica says. And if you're going to lie about these little things to paint a picture, it leaves the door open for you to lie about bigger things. And I'm tired of us as an audience apologizing for thinking the worst. Like, girl, yes. we've seen so many times where we've proven that you guys have done the worst. You know, like I get that we're like, we are reactionary and sometimes it can be taken too far. I get yeah. all of that stuff. But remember, there's precedence to be thinking these things. We've actually seen people. No, we've been gaslit into thinking we're being paranoid and we're like, we're, we're jumping yeah. to conclusions. We're like, but we're not. But then we become crazy making like compilations and side by side comparisons between episodes because we're like, but this is facts. This I is think, evidence. Yeah. The funny thing is, I think some of these ladies think they are just so smart. Yeah. And then you actually meet the Bravo audience. And a lot of yeah. you guys are way smarter than. Like, I mean, like, I'm even shocked where I'm like, you were talking about the Bravo doctor. Like, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. I just don't like, you know, it's like it, I, I made a meme early like year ago, like about Scooby Doo. And like, we would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for you pesky Bravo Instagrammers, because for a time, whether it be Jen Shaw or Erica Jane, like it gets called out like this doesn't get swept under the rug. And for you to think that you can you are smart enough to beat all of this. And in fact, it's like she keeps doing this stuff. In fact, Jay Edelson, speaking of him, I remember at the Aspen trip, there was a thing that got uh, that got around where it was like case dismissed against Erica Jane yep. in Chicago case dismissed. Yep. And Jay Edelson, I got the first quote from Jay Edelson about this of like, no, we just moved the thing to Los Angeles. We closed it down in Chicago. Like, and he explained, he's like, no, we are very much still going after Erica Jane, which, you know, we is proven today or yesterday that that is definitely the case. But Erica was reposting all of these things on her stories of like free Erica Jane, innocent. She knows damn well. Uh-huh. She wasn't, she knows damn well. So she was perpetuating. She was trying to think I'm smarter than this because, and by the way, 
It does. It work. I always, I always say this. I always say that's why, you know, whether it be Instagram or what we do on the podcast and I have to check myself a lot. It's like, we got to be careful what we put out there because I know Queens by Bravo or Queens of Bravo, the, the big account that it, it's great. Like he, you know, he gets so much great stuff, but I remember he was posting this Aspen stuff that was completely wrong of like Erica Jane left Aspen. Duh, duh, duh. And then, you know, he posted that thing and it got, it got passed around so many likes, so many people sharing it. And then later on, we found out that wasn't true. Like, oh, she just went to a different restaurant than the other girls. And he did a backup post, but that backup post got like half the likes that I first posted. So you have half of those people going around thinking potentially that like, wow, Erica Jane did this. Now, that's like an inconsequential thing. But think about when consequential, con- think about when Erica Jane posts that. Yeah. She has a million followers. I don't know how Kyle many of those are fake. Too. That's what I'm saying. So all of these people see this and only... I would say maybe 20% are going to actually bother to find out that that's not true. And that's really dangerous. That really plays with public perception, which is what Jen Shaw did in Salt Lake this season. And I would have really advised her against it, but she, Hey, she bet on herself and she won. She really, I mean, she got away with like, she did great this season in a lot of ways. Like she, I thought it was idiotic and she went away. (laughs) She, she just happened to be in the season where everybody was batshit insane. So her batshit insanity, like he didn't even get called on. Like we didn't even get a, we didn't even get a solid answer for anything that she's accused of. And this is person that was actually directly involved in criminal <laughs> activity, not like maybe Erica Jane that's on the sides potentially. This is somebody directly, this is number one. And, you know, I just always point out somebody very charming. Remember, criminals are charming. Like, yeah, people that you know, people that you convince to give you money, those are charming people. Like, no, I, I, I think Jen Shaw really knows what she's doing. I mean, it's just her it's arrest really story was hilarious. She's like, and then they said, "Excuse me, lady, uh, can you just come to the courthouse? No, we just want to take care of you. Come into this courtroom here. No, no, you're yeah. not under arrest." And then Listen the fact to that judge. to what? to exploit to exploit uh, <laughs> to exploit. Uh, uh, coach, coach Shaw's rectal bleeding was hysterical. He's like, I do have rectal bleeding. I do. Uh, yes. Uh, and I'm like, <laughs> by the way, and I'm so at this point where I'm like, cool. Can I see, can I see some receipts? Can I see, <laughs> I'd love to talk to your doctor. Like, that's what I don't get with podcasts. Sometimes it won't be me. Cause I, I <laughs> do not have that time, but like somebody's got to track these people down go, yo, this coat, let, let's, I want to see some x-rays. Like there's got to be, he admitted it. So why not show us the proof? Like, I mean, I'm just really at that point with a lot of these people because, because, we you know, he busted so that out to scare everyone off. Like as soon as you see totally. rectal bleeding, we're like, Oh, well, my thing is they don't think like, remember they have reasons for doing everything they do. Like nobody in their world thinks they're a villain. Nobody, nobody of goes, I'm evil. So if coach Shaw allegedly did lie in that moment, there was a reason he, he reasoned it with himself of, okay, okay, well, God says, this is my wife and I've got to protect my wife. So that would excuse me on this moment from potentially lying. Like you've got to really look at like people make excuses for themselves all the time and their behavior, you know, like I do, you know, like we've all done bad things and we've all rationalized it to ourselves. Oh, well, here's why it's not bad. This is why it's not bad. I'll tell you why, you know, and you've got to remember <laughs> that, you know. Totally. You recently had Vanessa. Is it Riser? Dr. Vanessa Riser? Yeah, this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. What that, were your uh, key takeaways from that? Well, she, she's been kind of pitched as just nuts. 
Well, uh, I didn't find her to be nuts at all. Exactly. Uh, Neither did I you know, when I listened. She's a psychotherapist that follow, you know, that 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 falls into, you know, studying narcissistic abuse, which I find fascinating. Me too. And it shows up so much in pop culture and in our own personal lives. Everybody's yeah. dealt with a narcissist. Imagine I even quite I was questioning myself. I was like, oh shit, am I a narcissist? Like I was yeah. like <laughs> concerned. I was like, tell me what I need. No, but these things really do exist. And and for men and women, but it, potentially a lot of men do this. Um more than women, I believe. But, you know, she has a direct tie with Real Housewives of New Jersey in a way because her ex was Louis, mm-hmm. Teresa's fiance. And we did a really classy interview where, you know, I didn't want to, we didn't say his name. We didn't, you know, I didn't ask for specifics about their sex life or anything like this that I had done research on. But I wanted to talk. I mean, it's still a fascinating conversation of like, this is a person He's that's kind been of the only this. one that gets to speak you know, speak out enough and say like, well, she's nuts. She's just, you know, smearing my name. Well, so yeah, it's important I mean, remember, to give her a voice. Well, that, and that's like kind of textbook for narcissists, you know, is exactly. To, but that's why it's so important. Like, you know, you know, decide in life, decide for yourself. Like if you think somebody's crazy, I mean, I know maybe you don't want to then take the time to like, oh, I don't want to, but listen to the podcast for yourself. See if you find her. Um, it, it will surprise you. Yeah. See if you, I mean, like she really held a very clear conversation. We, Agreed. you know, it's like, I'm so, yeah, I, I find it very interesting how we paint people and how you, you know, how we do use media to spread disinformation. Like that's just, that's just it. Like I could go on right now and say, I got a job at, um, I don't know. I, I got a, I I'm, I'm hosting a new show for Sirius satellite radio and that's out there. So then people yeah. believe it, you know, like yeah. people, then it's just believed. And then yeah. it'd be like, Oh, Hey, what happened to that show on Sirius? Like, you know, people would just assume I'm telling the truth and you've got to like, watch that shit. You gotta, you gotta, I don't know. It's just, it, it that's why I think I, rail against unfairness and stuff because it's just like man that's not fair that's not playing by the rules you know like all rules are off when it comes to some of these shows and this is you should have some sort of personal responsibility if you do get blessed enough to have a platform so i want to wrap us up on a high note i'm a big vpr head and i know you're a big vpr head um, I know I didn't get to do our, to get to your top five favorite TV shows. I like to do that with every guest, but we got right into talking. Um, so in lieu of that, favorite Vanderpump Rules season. I think Vanderpump Rules would be in one of my top five favorite shows, reality or non-right reality. What they were able to do, they really captured lightning in a bottle those first couple of seasons. Um, but. Uh, my roommate watched it for the first time over COVID and I, I would able to pop in and watch certain things again. And you just forget how strong this season is. And it shows how much, you know, these, these producers really need to find these real people that with real relationships because it just pays off dividends. It really, if you have a solid foundation, you can go any which way. And, uh, the season that I, I do. Just, I mean, the earlier seasons are always going to be better, but the season that I, found oddly just weirdly hysterical was the season when it started off the the first episode where we find out Jax cheated with Faith. My favorite and, season. And it's just so it's out of like the gate. Like whole like you're like, oh my God. It it just landed with you're just like, whoa. Cause it it was so real. And it was so like, no, he didn't do that again, did he? And he did. And the fact that we got to watch this all play out over that season, it was 
you know, and you just even see if you watch that Schwartz and Sandoval have to like kind of confront Jax about it in that episode or made the second or like, did you do it? You know, and you can tell that they were made by producers to act because you could tell they did not want to do it. They were like, Hey man, like what's going on with, you know, uh, <laughs> did you do this Jax? Like, and you would tell, and like, even I interviewed Sandoval uh, a couple of months ago and, you know, I was even talking about that. He's like, yeah, man, like I'll go to film and all my stomach will be in knots knowing that I have to ask something or he's like this, you know, it's like, these are all my friends, but like, yeah, like these shows were like, we have to call each other out on real behavior. And in real life, you don't do that. Like we brush it under the rug all the time. You're not going like if you you're not going to accuse one of your best friends of doing that or like make it. But like, but that's the show. That's what you do. And I, I like that aspect of thinking about reality stars of like their stomachs in not like you sacrifice your nervous system when you do these shows. Because Annabelle's like, yeah, I've had stomach stomach pain for like 10 years now. Like I, I, I physically get ill. And I thought that was so interesting of just because that's how I would be too. Like if I knew that I'd have to wake up tomorrow and go to work and my work consisted of me calling out one of my good friends on something horrible that they did and it's going to be on TV and I cannot make him look good, you know, like that would be really so, hard. Wait, so Tom Sandoval did know that Jax had hooked up with Faith already? He, didn't, he know, didn't know. No, he didn't know for sure, but he was told by production of like, there. well, you've got to ask Jax about this. Okay, you know? so he, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Oh my God. Yeah, that's my favorite season. It's like my comfort watch. I put it on. Brittany's great when she's in that distressed state, like when she's like, yeah. oh, I'm moving the fuck out and I'm taking the dogs with me. Like all of her one liners in that are just absolutely excellent. I also like when James is getting along with the group. I like when that dynamic goes on. Lala's in a good headspace too, because she's like, she's like all girl power mode. Yeah. That's my favorite season as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here, Ryan. I really, truly appreciate you taking the time to do my yeah, little pod. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Come on uh, the show. Come on my show sometime. Well, uh, when sure. Beverly Hills starts up, but uh, yeah, just remind me, I'm really disorganized as you can tell. So yeah, um, no, I, I truly appreciate you letting me stalk you and not make me feel weird about it. No, that, that's what I mean. The podcasting thing is like, it's not, it's like, we're all like, everybody's, we're all in the same. There's no, there's no difference. It's just, it's everybody helps each other in this particularly. And that's how this works, you know? Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. All right. Well, Tell everyone where to find you. Like they don't uh, know. <laughs> no, it's called So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, uh, the podcast and the Instagram account. Uh, you know, what I always say when I guess is that um, this show right here, go rate it five stars right now. Like go like I, it's like the freest thing that you can do. And it really does help. Uh, if you want to leave a bad, don't leave a bad review. There's so many podcasts out there for people like go find your bliss and your <laughs> podcast that is going to fit you. But, you know, these are things that, most people do that, that do not get paid for this. Like I didn't get paid for this for like the first year, uh, you know, like there. So you, you want to make sure that these things exist, that these things have an audience and you can really help push that by rating it five stars. So do that for this podcast. If you want to check mine out and see if you like it and then do it for that podcast. Great. If not totally get it. And then Instagram <laughs> so bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey and it's just silly memes and stuff like that. Thank you. Oh, wait, wait. There's also a Patreon, but I put out so much free content. The Patreon, like there's t- there's like a 200 episodes on there now that are like not ever been on my actual main feed. So wow. if you need more, which there's no way you do go over and join the Patreon. If anybody <laughs> from Patreon is listening. Hi, baddies. Yeah, that's it. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> 
Thank you guys so much for listening. If you wouldn't mind, could you do a little rate and review? Maybe even subscribe? All of the above? If not, hey, I get it. No pressure. I'm also on Buy Me A Coffee. Buy Me A Coffee is a great way for content creators to get some monetary support from their followers. And it's just very easy. Buymeacoffee.com slash She Speaks Bravo. The link is also in my Instagram bio. And of course, if you're not already, please follow me on Instagram. I'm also on TikTok. Not going to lie. I just post the exact same stuff on both platforms. So no need to follow both. But um, love you guys. Mean it. And I'll see you next time. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.